Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Proverbs 23, we're reading from verse number 7. The Bible says, And as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, says thee, but his heart is not with thee. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. He encourages you to eat and drink, but it's not, it's not with you. Now, as we move into another year, it is important for us to ask ourselves the question, what will be different about my life? What will be different about your life? What will be different about our family? What will be different about the work that we do in the new year? What is going to be different as the way we live our lives? What are we going to do differently as we move into the new year? Are we going to continue the same thing and expect a different result? Or are we going to try to adjust certain things, adjust the way we see life, adjust the way we behave, adjust the way we relate to people? What are we going to do differently to make the new year a more rewarding and a fruitful one? You know, it has been said that if you keep doing the same thing, the same way, and you expect a different result, you probably need to check your medication. You know, because something else, something is happening. Because you cannot be doing the same thing the same way and expect to be getting different results. You know, people who do that, they end up in clover bottom. But the idea, what we are saying now is that as we are moving into the new year, there is a need for us to be able to sit down and look at ourselves and say, okay, how have I traveled these years? How did I get to this point where I am? Is this where I want to be? Is this where the Lord wants me to be? If the answer is yes, then you are fine. But if the answer is not so, if the answer is maybe, if the answer is not quite, then we need to be able to sit down and ask ourselves, what do we need to do differently to be able to move forward? And in the new year, as we're looking at the direction that we want to go, or the direction that we desire to go, or the direction that we feel that God is leading us, there is a need for us to be able to sit down and say, what do I need to change? Now, people change all sorts of things in their life, but there's one area of change that most people don't pay attention to. And the area of change that I want us to pay attention to tonight is the area of the change, the area of change as it relates to our thoughts. Okay. The area of change as it relates to our thoughts. And that's why I'm speaking very briefly tonight on unchaining our minds or unchaining our hearts. There is a particular set way in which we are thinking. There is a particular set way in which we see life. There is a set pattern, sort of set uh, thought pattern that we are used to. And that set of thought pattern, the way we relate, the way we think, the way we perceive, the way we process information, that has what that has been that part, that part has brought us to where we are right now. And if we are not happy with where we are and we want to move into a new direction, there is a need for us to unhook that particular chain. There's a need to be able to break that chain and say, okay, I need to change the way I'm thinking so that I can move in the direction that I want to go. So like I said, one area of change that most people don't pay attention to is the area of the change of their thought pattern. Okay? 
One thing that we want to consider changing, or most of us forget to change, like I said, is about changing our thought. The question is, why do we need to unchain our mind? Why do we need to change the way we think? Okay? Like I said earlier, many are many are many many have been they are changed to a particular thought pattern. They they, they they process information in a particular way. They do so year in and year out, and they find out that nothing is happening for them. But the Bible tells us in the verse of the scripture that we read a few minutes ago, Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says, As a man thinks in his heart. As a man thinks in his heart, it says, So is it. In other words, we need to chain, we need to unchain our mind because the way you the way you think determines the way you live. The way you think determines how your life turns out. How far you travel in life is a function of how well you think. It doesn't mean that people don't think. It just means that their thought process is not a very healthy one. And that's why they end up the way they, that's why they end up where they find themselves. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so it is. In other words, if you think positive, victorious thoughts, you will live a positive and a victorious life. It's like it's 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 it, that there there is a correlation between the way you think and the way you live. The Bible told us in the book of First Samuel. I think if you start reading from verse number seventeen, chapter seventeen, if you start reading that chapter seventeen, the Bible told us that the father of David called David. He said, "David, go to the field and see how your brothers are doing." And the Bible makes us understand that when David got there, he met a very interesting sight. And the interesting sight was that Goliath was messing with the army of Israel, and he has been doing so for almost forty days. And for forty days, he will come out. The Bible said. He will keep telling them, if any one of you can come in and defeat me, then we will serve you. But if you cannot, then you will serve us. And he has been doing that. And the whole army of Israel was sitting down there just watching. Because in their hearts, they saw Goliath and they saw an impossible task that can never be defeated. But when David came in, the Bible said that he was thinking a victorious thought. He was thinking a thought of victory. He was thinking a thought that he would defeat this particular Philistine. And because of the way he was thinking, the Bible said when he faced Goliath, he was victorious because his thought pattern was a thought pattern of victory. But contrast the way Saul was thinking. Saul was already thinking a defeated, a thought of defeat. And because as soon as he saw this man. He saw he could never defeat him. He saw he could never go against him. And what happened? He never made any efforts. He just stood there. And for 40 days, this man continued to harass them. And that's why I say, the way you think and how far you are going to travel in the year, in the new year that we're about to enter is a function of what is going on inside your heart. Your thought process. Look at that particular woman. The Bible said that for 12 years, she had an issue of, an issue of blood. And everywhere, the Bible says he has gone and he has spent everything. But one day, she started to think differently. And her thought pattern was that, if only I can just touch the hem of his garment. And what will happen? I am very confident that as I touch the hem of, her, of his garment, virtue from heaven will flow. And healing virtue will flow into my body and this thing will be healed. And that was exactly what happened. As long, as soon as he started thinking that particular thought of healing, the Bible says that as he laid her hands upon the Almighty God, Jesus Christ says, who touched me? And the disciples would say, are you kidding me? You are in the midst of a multitude and you are asking who touched me? He said, no, somebody touched me because somebody's thought was able to draw virtue from my body and give the result that they are desiring. The point we are making is this, whatever is going on inside of your heart, whatever is going on inside your head will determine how you are going to relate to life. What happened to the children of Israel? The Bible said they were traveling in the wilderness for four, you know, 
They've been traveling the wilderness. And Moses said, 12 people, go into the new land. Go and see how it's going to look like. And they went in there. 12 people seeing the same thing, encountering the same thing, touching the same thing. And 10 of them had a negative outlook. Their thought pattern was messed up. And only two had a thought pattern that was positive. Only those two were able to proceed into the promised land because they were the one that saw themselves as victorious. The other 10 said that they were grasshoppers. And because they saw themselves as grasshoppers, they ended up dying in the wilderness of life. And that is what happens when the thought pattern inside of our heart is messed up. When the thought pattern is messed up, when you begin to see life in a very, when you begin to have a very toxic life, very, very, have a toxic, a toxic uh, thought pattern, you will find that it messes up with everything. It messes up with the promise of God for our lives. It messes up with the things that God has made available for us. It messes up with the power of the Almighty God. The Bible tells us something. It says, Jesus Christ, even with all the miracles he did, all across the nation, when he was ministering here on earth, he said he could not do much in his own city. Why? Because the thought of the people there, how is that not the capital son? Come on. This is the guy who we know when he was born. We know his father. We know his mother. How can he call himself the savior? And because of that mindset, because of that outlook, because of the way they related to him, he couldn't do much for them. And the same thing in our own individual life. If we are going to move forward in the new year, if you are going to move in the direction that God wants you to move, if you are going to possess your possession, if you are going to do things differently, if you are going to attain a new height, if we are going to begin to see ourselves as the victor, as the conqueror, as the things that God has made us, our thought pattern has to change. And that is what Paul the Apostle was talking about when he talked about when he, when he was speaking to the Philippian Christians in Philippians chapter 8. Sorry, Philippians chapter 4. Reading from verse number 8. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, whatsoever whatever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, he says, think on those things. Why? Because as long as you fill your mind with those kind of things, as long as you fill your mind with those things that are, that are edifying, as long as you begin to move, you fill your mind with those things that are pure, those things that are lovely, those things that are good reports, those things that are good virtue, you will find that your mind begins to function differently. Your outlook in life becomes different. Your relationship with people becomes different. The way you interact with people, the way you do your job, everything changes. Every The aura around you changes because you are filling your mind with something that is much, much better. You are taking away, you are eliminating the garbage and the filth and the toxic and all the toxic material you are eliminating from your life and it moves you further. The question is then, how do you, why do you need to think differently? Why do you need to think differently? The first one is found in, is what I told you in the book of uh, uh, Proverbs 23 verse 7. It says, as a man thinks, so it is. You need to think differently in the new year because your life, you are the product of your thought life. You are the product of your thought life. That's why you need to think different. If you want to be, if you want to see a good product, think good, uh, good thoughts. So number one reason why you need to think differently is because you are the product of your life. Number two, no, you, are, you need to think differently because it shapes your life. It shapes your life. I've said it here before. Life is like a mirror. You smile at it, it smiles back at you. You frown at it, it frowns back at you. Life is a very, very interesting thing. It is what you give that you are going to receive. So you need to think differently, number one, because you are the product of your thought life. Number two, it shapes your life. Number three, it determines how you see the world. 
If you see, if you, if in your heart you see the world as a very, very positive place, what you will find is that you are going to react positively. If you see the world as a place that everybody is friendly, you become friendly to the world. If you see your place, if you see the place, if you see the world as a place that is very hostile, your attitude towards life becomes hostile. If you, if you see the world as if everybody is coming against you, everybody is against you, you are going to raise your guard every minute. So you need to change the way you think because number one, you are the product of your lifestyle, of your, of your thought life. Number two, it shapes the way you live. Number three, it determines how you see the world. Number four, it determines how you relate to the world. If I'm looking at my brothers and I'm looking at my sisters and I think these people are out to get me, what do you think I'm going to do? Every minute of the day when I see them, my behavior will be, these are my enemies, these are the people who are out to get me, and I'm going to relate to them accordingly. But if I see them, if within my mind, I see them as individuals who have my back, people who are there to protect me, people who are there to put me, you know, help me to be able to attain the height that God wants me to get to, what we find out, the way I will relate with them will affect you, will be reflected in that way. How you see the world, what you, what's going on inside of your mind will determine how you relate to the world. It will also determine how you are going to engage the world. It's one thing for you to relate to someone and say, I want to engage with that person. When you engage with people, you can engage with them positively. You can engage with them openly. You can engage with them in a way that is, you know, that shows that, yes, I trust you. I believe that you are in my corner. But if your mindset, if your thought pattern is that these people are out to get me, these people are out to take advantage of me. These people are always going to be looking down on me. If that is what is going on inside of your mind, if that is the thought process that keeps churning in your heart, you will find that it will find its way in all that you do. And that is why you need to change. Because number one, you are the product of your thought life. Number two, you determine... Number two, it shapes your life. Number three, it determines how you see the world. Number four, it determines how you relate to the world. And number five, it determines how you engage with the world. The question is... Seeing how important your thought life is. The question then is, why is it that many people are not doing anything about their thought life? Why is it that many people find it very difficult to be able to maintain a positive outlook in life? Why? The reason is very simple. People think negative thought because negative thoughts are automatic. Automatic in the sense that it is because of our fallen nature. We have this Adamic, uh, this sinful Adamic nature, and the natural tendency is for you to think negative thoughts. That is why if you clear a field, you don't need to plant anything on that field, which will grow naturally. They will grow naturally. But if you want to plant a very nice bird of flowers, or you want to plant something that is productive, or something that is edible, or something that will be useful for life, you have to cultivate it. That is why it is easy to think negative thoughts. Very easy. Because you don't have to do anything. Just allow your mind to wander and the enemy will fill it with all sorts of junk for you. It is difficult to think about it. Is, people think negative thought because it is automatic. Number three, because it doesn't require any effort. It doesn't require any effort to think negative thought. It doesn't require any effort to be able to say that my sister is bad or my brother is not good or somebody is out against you. It is not very difficult. People do those things very easily. It is not very difficult because everybody does it. You appear to be within that group when you be when you begin to spew nonsense or begin to spew negativity. It's easy. You find company. It's easy to find company with those kind of people. When you tell the whole world how miserable life has been treating you, how the other person is responsible for all the problems of your life, it is easy. You are going to find company. 
But when you begin to stop, if you want to stop a conversation like that, just tell them, what have you contributed to your bad situation? Then this conversation changes. Because it's easy to play the victim. It's, ple- it's easy to tell the whole world that yes, the whole world is responsible for all your miseries. And that is why it's easy for people to think negatively. It is easy for people to think negatively, finally, because that is the only way they know how to think. That's the only way they know how to think. If you ask them to think differently, they cannot because they have never been taught or they have never been trained or they have never been disciplined enough to think differently. That is the only way they know how to tell. But when you are talking about positive thinking, positive thinking is not automatic. It requires deliberate efforts. It requires you to look at an individual or look at a situation that is obviously negative and say, I will find a good in that situation or I find a good in that life or I find a good in that relationship. It, requ- it is not automatic. It requires effort. Positive thinking is difficult because it requires focus and concentration. In other words, you look at something and you focus on that which is good and you ignore every other thing. You pull them apart so that you can zero in on that thing. You can focus and concentrate. That is why positive thinking is difficult. Positive thinking is difficult because it's not uncommon. It requires a decision. You make up your mind that I want to be happy, regardless of what is going on. You make up your mind that, yes, whatever this person is saying, whatever that person is saying, it's not going to affect the way that I do my job. It's not going to affect the way that I live my life. It's not going to affect the way I spend my money. It's not going to, be aff- it's not going to affect the way I give. It's not going to affect the things that I do. I make up my mind I want to be happy. It requires, it is uncommon because it requires a decision. Positive thinking is, diff- is different because it is challenging. It requires discipline. You wake up in the morning and you look at the side of your bed and you look and say, this person that has been nagging me every day, I'm going to wake up and say, hello, good morning, darling, I love you. Are you going to say that? But you make up your mind, this is what I need to do because it is challenging and it requires discipline. It requires discipline to work with those students that are making my life difficult. It requires discipline to work with that co-worker who's always smashing the gum when I'm supposed to be concentrating. It requires discipline to be able to look at an individual who just pisses you off. It requires discipline. To say, yes, I'm not going to think negative thoughts about this person. I'm not going to wish them evil. I'm not going to wish that they run into the trailer as they drive on the freeway. No, I'm only going to think positive thoughts. It is challenging and it requires discipline. And not only that, it is painful to think positive thoughts. Very painful. Painful in the sense that it requires you letting go of what you will naturally want to do. There are some people you want to just slap around. But you can't do that. Because, you know, it doesn't make for a good relationship. There are some people you just have to tolerate. It it goes against the natural tendencies. And that's why it is painful. There are some things you want to say to people. But you cannot say because you know that it's going to destroy that relationship. And that's why you discipline and you think positive thought. Positive thought, number one, are not automatic. They are not, they are difficult. They are not, they are uncommon. They are challenging and they are painful. And that's why people don't do it. That's why people don't do it. The man who turns the other cheek. That guy, you want to tell me he doesn't want to slap the daylight out of you? No, he wants to. But because he needs to be able to control himself, he needs to be able to put himself in, he needs to be able to discipline himself. That's why the Bible makes us understand that when Jesus had the ability, had the power, and had all the resources of heaven to be able to call down the legion of angels to deal with those those nasty uh, Pharisees, he didn't do it. He held back. Because thinking positive thoughts is not automatic. It requires deliberate effort. It is difficult because it requires focus and concentration. It is uncommon because it requires a decision that you make, a decision of the will. It is challenging because it requires discipline. And it is painful because it goes against 
what you will naturally want to do to other people. The question then is, if changing our thought pattern does not come naturally, and many people find it difficult to engage in a positive thought, the question then is, how then do you change your thoughts? How then do you change it? How do you make sure that your thought pattern is positive? How do you make sure that as we move into the new year, you are not going to revert back to the negative thought that you, the negative thought pattern or, or change your mind into doing what you are already comfortable doing? How do we do? How do we move our mind from where we are thinking negative to where we start thinking positively? How do you do it? Number one, the Bible tells us in the book of Luke chapter six. Luke chapter 6, reading from verse number 40, uh, 45, he said, A good man out of the treasures of his heart bring forth good, and an evil man out of the treasures of his heart bring forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, if your life is going to exude some positivity, if your life is going to be able to feel, is going to, is going to be like a, a saint that, that, that kind of, a, that, that, that beautifies the environment, it has to come from within. And for it to come from within, it means that you have to feed your mind with positive things. And one of the most positive things that you can feed your mind with is the word of God. So to think positively, number one, you have to feed that mind with the word of God. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you fill the heart with the word of God, when you feed, the, feed your heart with the thought of God, when you feed your heart with the things that pertain unto God, what you find is that when you open your mouth, what comes out is the word of God. When you begin to live your life, it is what you have inside that you can give. You cannot give what you don't have. And so the first way, the first way to change your mind is to fill in that heart with the one with the, with the word of God. Number two, you change your thought process by surrounding yourself with positive thinkers. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 27, reading from verse number 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Who are the people that you are working with? And how far have they taken you since you have been working with them? Because I tell you one thing, how far you travel in life is not just the thought, or it's not just a function of your thought, it's also a function of the people that you are traveling with. Okay? You're traveling with people who are what? People who are already handicapped in their thought. People who are handicapped in the way they see life. People who already have deficits, who are carrying excess baggage every time. You find out that you cannot travel very far. But as long as you are traveling with people who are healthy, who have a healthy mindset, people with positive mindset, people with a positive aura around them, people who are positive thinkers, what happens is that it makes your life a lot easier. It makes your travel a lot faster. It makes you to be able to get to your destination much better. The idea is that if you are going to change your thought pattern, you are going to change your thought life in the new year, you not only feed your heart, you also change. You have to surround yourself with positive thinkers. Check the people that you are traveling with. If your relationship becomes so demanding that all you have to do is that it's always sapping away from you, sapping away from you, you need to check that relationship. If that relationship is always demanding, if it has, if it's a high maintenance relationship, that is a toxic relationship. I'm not saying you don't give to friends. I'm not saying you don't build up friends, but I'm saying that if your friendship is, if the people that you are friends with, if the only thing they do is just to pull from you and they are sapping resources from you and they are not adding to you, they are not building you up, they are not extending your effectiveness, there is a problem. There is a problem. The people that we associate with must be able to multiply our effectiveness. They must be able to make sure that they extend our goodness. 
And if you are going to move forward, surround yourself with positive thinker because the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Number three, how do we change our life? How do we change our thought pattern? We change our thought process by disciplining our thoughts. You discipline what you meditate on. You discipline what you focus your attention on. You discipline what you spend your time thinking about. The Bible tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, reading from verse number 5, Paul the Apostle writes, he says, Casting down argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of, uh, against knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, uh, into the captivity, Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In other words, you take the bread, you take, you make Jesus Christ like a sieve, like a lens through which everything must pass through. In other words, if you're about to gossip, put Jesus Christ up and pass that gossip through him and see if it will come out on this side. If it's going to come out on this side, continue to think about it. If it's not coming out on this side, then drop it. You know, there was a time there where they had this fancy word we're saying WWJD, all right? What would Jesus do? Okay, if you begin to if you begin to process every thought that goes through your mind with that particular with that particular standard, I say, what will Jesus do? Will Jesus think about this thought? Will he particular will he entertain this particular uh, this particular conversation? Will he dwell on this particular on this particular issue? If Jesus will not do it, then they will have no business doing it, and that is what is referred to as disciplining your thoughts. So that you don't have your mind wandering, running up and down, up and down. You'll be able to take a particular thought and filter it through the lens of the word of God. And that's why Paul the Apostle says, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, taking that word, subjecting it to the standard of Christ and see if it will come out through the other side. When you start doing that, it becomes a habit. And that is why you find that some people don't enjoy gossip. Not because they don't like the juiciness of the gossip. It's because they have trained their mind not to feed on it. Okay? That's why some people don't like to talk evil about other people. Not because they don't want to talk about it, but because they've trained themselves not to have that kind of conversation. That is why some people don't backbite. They don't say anything behind people. One of the things that I enjoy telling people is that whatever you tell me here right now, if it's evil, I'm going to tell it to the other person. The person you are, Can you say it in front of that person? If you cannot say it in that person, don't tell me. I don't want to hear. I don't want to know. So it's a discipline that you develop. We first, because if you are going to change your thought process, you not only feed your mind, you not only surround yourself with the right people, you also discipline your thought. Number four, you take action on your thoughts. One of the things that make people poor is the lack of action on the things that God is putting upon their hearts. One of the things, this thing came to me a, lot, a while ago. I read a verse of the scripture. The Bible says, whatever you lay your hands upon to do, you say, it will prosper. Now, when you read that verse in reverse, which means if you do not lay your hands upon anything, nothing will prosper. There are so many good thoughts that the Lord Almighty gives to us as individuals. There are so many things that the Lord Almighty has given us, has blessed us, has opened our eyes to see. But we are finding that they are not producing results because if the Bible did not say, blessed are the hearers. No. The people who are blessed are the doers of the word of God. So when the thought of God, when the thought comes onto your heart, if you want to begin to change your thought process, you begin to act on the positive thoughts that you have. And the positive thought says, don't talk about somebody behind your back. When the urge comes to talk about that person, you zip your mouth. You stop talking. 
The Bible tells us do not bear false witness. If you want to stop bearing false witness, you zip your mouth. You act on that thought and you stop talking. So for us to be able to, to, uh, to be, for us to be able to change our thought process, you not only feed your mind, you not only surround your mind, you not only discipline your thought, you also act on the good thoughts that God gives unto you. And then finally, you set time apart to engage your mind. To engage your mind. One of the things that we find in our culture today is the culture of, of idleness. Yes, we have this cell phone that we are playing with, but it's, it's a numbing exercise. Where people sit and play games for hours. Nothing productive is being done. And as long as your mind is empty, the enemy will put a lot of crap into that particular mind. You need to be able to take some time to do something engaging. And what is engaging? Engaging in the study. Engaging in feeding your mind. Engaging in doing something productive. Coming up with ideas. Doing something that will get your mind active. If you sit down and you play the game, you will find out that when they ask you, say, no, you look at the way this boy talk. You look at the way people talk these days. They talk as if somebody come into their brain and they kind of, you know, it's, it's like when you mash the brain up like this, you're, mashing, you're doing mashed potato, you keep mashing the brain. There's nothing in there. You can't have a meaningful conversation with people anymore. Because why? They have not taken the time, they have not set time apart to engage their mind. And that's why people are so superficial. You're having a conversation with somebody, the only time you can have them excited is when you're talking about the latest Gucci or you're talking about the Kardashian. There's nothing wrong with those guys. I'm not saying that anything is wrong with them. These guys are smart enough to make something that is completely idiotic, make people pay for it. Nice for them. They're smart people. The people that are not so smart are the people sitting down watching those nonsense. But that's the story for another day. The point we are making is that if you are going to engage, if you are going to change your thought process, you must set time apart to engage your mind. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Thank mm-hmm. you.